Hello, and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And I'm Daryl Etherington. And today is a day that we've waited for a long time because I was confused about the release date of the show we're reviewing today, Sexy Beasts, but it is now out on Netflix, and we will be doing, doing a deep dive um, before we get to that, there was some news we wanted to discuss, a little bit of a follow-up of the, of the news that uh, Daryl and I discussed last week about Black Widow and the, its simultaneous release in theaters and as on Disney Plus via Premier Access, basically you have to pay more. This week, it was revealed that Scarlett Johansson, the star of Black Widow, is suing Disney over that release strategy. Daryl, what did you make of the news? Well, uh, I mean, I think she's totally... I don't I don't think it changes my opinion of their approach, but it does, based on what little things I saw, snippets, I didn't read the full filing, but it seemed like they did it wrong in not going back and explaining and reworking her compensation deal based on changing this approach because it was all based upon a theatrical approach and big box office returns. So I feel like the individual case of, uh, yeah, Scarlett Johansson got, got did dirty by the studio, but the larger case of like theatrical release versus digital release, I'm still unconvinced. I'm still on the side of let's do same day day digital forever from now on jordan did you follow this at all no and didn't um didn't someone else have this issue oh i think it was uh the quiet place folks john krasinski and emily blunt were upset at the terms of their deal changing they wanted like a 90 day right theatrical release and it went to 45 and they i don't know that they all went all the way to court but there was definitely some dispute over that Mm. They wanted like greater compensation for the loss of those 45 days, essentially. Yeah, I feel like this is probably one of those things that has to happen when they change their model. I mean, I'm not a Hollywood historian, so I don't know enough about it. But whenever there's been a major shift in kind of distribution formats, there probably is a period of friction and negotiation and legal action that results wherein... Uh, actors and talent have to like ag- advocate for their changed rights and studios try to pull one over on them or something. Yeah, I mean, if you think about um, actually the the big writer strike of 2008, a big part of that was basically that the screenwriters wanted to get a cut of purchases on iTunes and, and similar oh, yeah. channels because um, they had, you know, bonuses based on or, or royalties based on, you know, anytime a uh, their work was was shown again, but it didn't cover the you know online distribution, and so they had to go on strike essentially to to get a cut of that. And I think that's unfortunately a, a sort of normal part of the process. Um, so to to your point, Daryl, I and I mean to both of your points really, like I, I think it is a normal part of the process. That there's going to be kind of a, a back and forth um, about this, and it's not like a situation where there's necessarily like heroes and villains, but more just it's not surprising that studios are going to try to be uh, a little cheap about this and talent is going to have to fight for, you know, a fair cut. 
that said, I, I, was, I have to admit, I was surprised, at least in the version laid out in the lawsuit, which obviously is going to be the version that is most um, beneficial to, to Scarlett Johansson, right. um, that you, if you compare the, um, the announcement last year, that first uh, Wonder Woman 1984, and then eventually all, the entire uh, theatrical slate from Warner Media they were all going to be released simultaneously on HBO Max. Um, I think a lot of the talent was really unhappy about that. But at the same time, uh, Warner did go in and, and essentially renegotiate all their deals to um, compensate them, as I understand it. Um, maybe not to the extent they would have been compensated for a really successful theatrical release. But um, I know like they taught, there was a lot of reporting around when Wonder Woman 1984 that Basically, they gave Gal Gadot just like an extra $10 million. They're just like, here's $10 million so that you feel good about this. <laughs> and here's Patty Jenkins. Here's a few extra million dollars so that you feel good about this. And um, the fact that it, it sounds like Disney didn't do any of that with Scarlett Johansson is kind of mind boggling. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, I yeah, I guess it was I, like, it honestly seems like it was. And again, like you said, it's the version that is that is most positive but the, the the not charitable interpretation is like let's let's push the boundaries at this key stage and when this transition is happening and see how much we can get away with and they thought maybe they had a good patsy and scarlett johansson which is lame but. and again i mean this is all should be seen as fundamentally a, a business negotiation between a very famous rich actress and an enormous uh, corp- media corporation. Um, mm. But it, it, it was also a really bad look that when Disney did release a comment, one of the things they said, which was the two things, the p- two points they made were that, A, we've already paid her an enormous amount of money for this movie, which is fair enough. Um, and B, the success of this movie whether it's on streaming or in theaters is going to, you know, enable her to make a lot more money in the future, which I think a lot of people sort of looked at that as like, basically they're saying she should do this movie for the exposure. No, fuck you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That's a pretty, pretty shitty thing to say there. But um, yeah, it's, I think it's obviously the, it got a lot more attention than these sorts of, um, kind of business or or residual lawsuits get because it's Scarlett Johansson and Disney and it'll be interesting to see how it yeah develops. it's a huge release and it's basically the biggest release of our the current slate of available films right so timing the timing is working in her favor I think I mean that's probably intentional but yeah right and and that it yeah ties into these bigger questions of is a streaming release inherently um, less advantageous than than a theatrical release. What does sort of compensation look like in a streaming world? Um, as I understand it, basically, one of the ways that changes is that you know, with with a movie like Black Widow, a big Hollywood movie, you get paid. Obviously, if you're a, a, a big star, you get paid a lot up front. But actually, most of your compensation um, uh, comes on the back end. It's basically you know, if the movie's a big hit, um, you 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 make a lot of money from that. Whereas mm-hmm. with streaming, and part of the reason why a lot of these Netflix deals just seem like such a crazy amount of money when they sign up somebody like Ryan Murphy or, or Shonda Rhimes, like it's um, 
partly because there's not as much on the back end, or I think often like nothing on the back. It's just, we're going to give you a ton of money up front and that's, that's your payment. And walk away. Yeah. Which is no good if you're making Star Wars and you don't know it, but so far that hasn't happened on Netflix. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Except for bright, except for the bright franchise. (laughs) Right there. They're making, finally making bright too, which I think Daryl and I are very excited about. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Very excited. <laughs> I thought Bright was terrible. Oh, it's terrible. It's an awful. awful <laughs> I think you could make a real case that the Bright is, if not the worst movie I've ever seen, it's the worst thing we've reviewed on this podcast. Agree. Agree. I don't know. We haven't gotten to today's review. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, let's do it. Let's there. let's get to uh, to Sexy Beast, which. For viewers with a, you know, short memory is a show that they got a lot of attention when the trailer came out uh, a month ago. And the, the concept essentially is that instead of a standard dating show where you react to a person's looks, every contestant is just dressed up in this really elaborate makeup, often but not always animal related. And Mm -hmm. they go on dates that way. And then their their real appearance, their quote unquote real appearance is, is, you know, only shown much later. Um, And I think we were all very excited about this, although the the nature of that excitement we can we can talk about. Um, Jordan, what what were your expectations? and, And how did you feel about the show itself? I feel like my expectations were like in the same vein and realm as shows like Love is Blind and Too Hot to Handle. Um, and while it's not a Netflix show, what's the one? Are you the one? Uh, like some of these really light, even like Love Island, although I think Love Island deserves mm. kind of like its own place. I'm not a huge Love Island fan, but I think it's like top tier when it comes to trashy, like casual reality dating shows um and it just really i i feel like it failed in a lot of ways this show i there are like minor moments where you're like i could watch this but all in all i think it's a combination of like choosing really bad characters or cast members and then like more than that the format was just so quick like it what how long are the episodes they have to be like 18 minutes or something they're 20 minutes it's just it's so light if the whole idea if the whole premise is like can these people create a connection outside of the way that they look there's just like so little time actually devoted to that that it really becomes about like what are the prosthetics and is it funny when they are doing different things in these prosthetics or makeup? And then what do they actually look like? Like that is like all that really matters in the show. I think the the bits that I enjoyed the most was watching them drink or eat. Uh, <laughs> right. That was pretty wearing fun. Wearing the, the masks. But like there was nothing anchoring. I've talked about this a lot on reality shows. You have to have like one true moment. Even just in the season, doesn't even have to be in every episode, but you have to have like one true moment where you're like, 
that's a real connection. Like that's a real joke that made someone really laugh or that's like a real vulnerability that made someone feel really close. Like, and it just, it missed on all of that and filled in with like, there's some random mansion that we're in and like the narrator is like cheeky and annoying and like all of this is kind of funny and a sparkling tunnel and like it, it, I would have rather gotten rid of all of that and just had like one actual moment where you're like, oh, those people are actually connecting. And then all of the other stuff becomes funny because of that. But it really missed. I was really, really disappointed, to be honest. I expected to like yeah. this show and like have a lot of fun with it. And I just was super bored and like not into it at all. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that because I was like, I thought, I, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I guess maybe a bit more genuine. But what it comes off is it feels a lot more like that generation of dating shows like like Blind Date or like the MTV one. I forget what they was even called where they like go on a bus and it's like a really old dating show or whatever. But it was like MTV when they were like, oh, cool. We're like really shaking things up with the dating show format. But it felt very fake and staged and uh, like a lot of, we watch a lot of these dating shows or I watch a lot of these dating shows, but they're all pretty light fare, but not quite as like insubstantial as this. This one feels really super insubstantial relative to the rest. And I think actually Jordan mentioned, but like one of my favorite parts about this was that, and this is sad, like, cause it wasn't a great part, but the narration by i think it was john michael higgins from i'm pretty sure it's him i haven't wow. checked this okay uh we should look it up his name comes up in connection with it but i don't know that it's actually <laughs> no it's it's rob delaney um but in in this article oh. it says he comes off as trying to impersonate a john michael higgins character oh that's weird and funny so yeah i mean actor rob delaney doing a mean impression of actor John Michael Higgins in the narration. Anyways, I found it to be actually amusing from time to time, thanks in part to the, to the cuts. But And I was really impressed technically by the makeup work, um, but also also repulsed by it in many cases. I, like I was like, wow, this looks really good. And then sometimes I was like, this looks too good in that I don't like it. It's gross and I don't want to look at it. And not like a, oh, this person's ugly. Like, in a, I don't want to look at this freakish thing this long. And I would rather it goes away and is not on my screen, right? Um, which, again, is a credit to the, to the kind of, like, makeup magic that they've done. But also not, I think, desirable. But I don't know. And then my other thought about this whole show that I had when I was thinking about how badly I like it or how badly I don't like it is what if they were just, cause Netflix has another show where that's kind of like this, where they just go on dates. I forget what it's even called dating around, um, with like less jokes and less like weird shiny tunnel and, and funny frame ups of them dancing around or whatever, but it's kind of similar and I really like that show, like much prefer it, but it has more genuine connection to Jordan's earlier point and less like weird put on fake bad jokes. Um, 
So maybe that's why. But anyways, the comment was like, is this a, is this a meta narrative of like, hey, do, can you watch this show if we don't even have attractive people as eye candy for most of it? Uh, and, and like, look into yourself, audience, and maybe you're too shallow. Well, I kind of wanted some of the, so some changes I would make just to just cut in entirely and stop you in your tracks. So a couple of the changes I would make, I would make it a 30 minute show. I would make there be one more like date or elongate the two earlier dates so that, but maybe they just weren't giving them any content. Like maybe it's literally impossible when you're in prosthetics to like, let yourself be connectable. Right. Like maybe that's like a fundamental flaw. Um, And then I would make sure that no one was talking about marriage. They're like my husband. And it's like, it's even weirder. Like, stop doing that. Like, it's upsetting when they do it on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, but, like, they've specifically tailored that show to, like, be built around that. So even though it's hysterical and ridiculous, you're like, okay, because that's the way that everyone's treating it as, like, a process to find your partner. Whereas this is, like, you're dressed up in costumes and axe throwing. So, like, let's not talk about your husband or your wife in that context, please. Yeah. Um, and then I would, right. You sound insane. Right. Yeah. Like, and then the third thing I would do is, well, no, there's four actually. So the third thing I would do is I would, in that extension of the length of the episode, I would follow them on their post revelation date and see how that goes. Cause I think that that could be interesting. And then the fourth thing, and I think the most important thing is I would change the attractiveness levels of these people. Like, Oh yeah, they're Pretty all sort of like generically good looking. So like, where's right. the risk, right? Like, and I don't know if the actual people who are like choosing their dates know that, but I mean, there's a lot you could do to change it. What if everyone spent like a week getting their prosthetics on every morning and take them off every night and like they spent a week just like mix mixing and matching, right? Like a little bit like too hot to handle or whatever, like put them all in a group. I don't think that the like one versus three dynamic is, it's kind of old school, right? Like very old school. I don't love that. It's like, um, what was the, what were all the old school dating shows where you, there would be like one person and she would have to choose her match. based. That's what I'm trying to remember. Cause the MTV one, it was the MTV had like the stupid well, bus, the and they would go back on the next, bus. Those two. Oh yeah, next and Room Raiders. That's I feel like right. they yeah. survive nowadays as Saturday Night Live skits. Like that's the main re- way I'm exposed to them is like when Saturday Night Live does a funny version of that. But there's an even older version that's like a game show, and like three guys come out and they're like screened off from the from the person oh they are answering questions like the dating yeah the dating game she'd be like if we went to dinner like what would you blah blah or whatever and they all give their answers yeah that's like the og version of the 1v3 that is that's true the point is that's not where we're at as a society yeah we've evolved (laughs) to we're we're (laughs) game shows where you can't have sex or and then you get money or, or something <laughs> yeah totally or like where you're having deeper connections like love is blind for what it's worth like those felt like deeper connections yeah and then we did get to see them after the fact like that is a oh yeah we sure do now crafted 
Yeah, no, I heard about that. My sister's been begging me to watch it. I haven't seen it yet, though. Don't worry, you'll have um, to for this show. <laughs> Maybe. Good, good. I'm glad. I wanna. I feel like the last two things I chose were Sex Life, which I think we were all pretty disillusioned by. Uh-huh. Although we had a good conversation about it, at least. Yeah. So that was nice. And then this, which I can't take full credit for. No, this is I think unanimous. All of us we're excited yeah. about doing yeah. this. Yeah. They really got us with that. Uh, I feel like I'm shooting blanks <laughs> to just stay on theme with those two shows, um, and would like to redeem myself. Anyway, there's a lot that I would change about this because it was just a fucking mess. I, I would say that um, I mean, in, in the part of the context here is that I'm not somebody who watches a lot of dating shows, or if I've watched dating shows, it's because we agreed to do it for this podcast, and then I'll He's watch. He's naive. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I'll, wa- I'll watch a few episodes and then, you know, I'll have an opinion, but like even the things I like, I'm not going to watch 10 or 12 episodes of, I just, it's, I never feel that excited about it. And so this is the first dating show I've ever seen where I just watched the entire first season. Um, but part of it is just cause it's so short. It's six episodes, you know, 20 minutes each. You can basically watch the whole thing in the length of time it takes to to watch a movie and i think i liked it a little bit more than you guys did and that i just found it like very watchable and fun but aside from the makeup totally forgettable like i don't i saw it last night i could not really describe the personalities of most of the contestants at this point because it's just so generic in terms it feels like they put so much imagination into the makeup and it's so intricate and everything else about the show is just completely cookie cutter all the conversation even when people are like oh i felt really felt a connection um you're just like really like that just really? yeah with who <laughs> <Right>? yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the times it feels like who they pick just feels completely arbitrary because all of the dates i mean and granted, right, first dates in especially are often just very small talky and awkward. And like, I think there's there's a reality to that, but it doesn't make the show any more memorable. And, and so like a lot of times the only the only reason you can tell that somebody has a connection is when they decide to go for it and make out make out yes. while wearing their makeup. And even that's not a clear indicator of whether they, they feel a real connection or not. Right? Because right? isn't it like, I feel like sometimes they do that and then they like don't pick the person. But also, it seems like they're just doing it for the novelty of like, wow, could I, can I do it in this makeup? And does the other person want to too? And then they just try it. So I think it's, yeah, but it's, it, it's just nothing, nothing makes any sense. And everybody actually could be, it's like, the decisions that they're based on, I don't know if it's a terrible edit, but it seems like they're totally arbitrary based on nothing. Because, yeah, there's nothing interesting about any of these people. Like, they really are totally rounded off into nothing. Maybe it's a product of the makeup, but it's weird in that it flattens them even more. It's like, oh, can you can you get past the the physical looks and just get into the personality? And it's like, maybe I could if it wasn't all these extremely cardboard forgettable people, people. who are not saying yeah. anything interesting but there was one interesting girl i thought the british girl who was trying to date 
was it the fox the wolf whatever and she was somewhat interesting and felt like more real than the rest of them but then there were others that like were so annoying like the guy who was like i'm too big to oh right find love so yeah i've what? never heard a man say i'm too ma- muscular to find love yeah. first of all well and then he spends the rest of the episode showing off his muscles yeah exactly yeah he drove me fucking insane like he needs to get out of here and then the panda girl who was like asking about health insurance and thought everything she said was hilarious like laughed at her own jokes the party encourager what was her <laughs> yeah that's job? her job yeah party promoter party motivator something. party motivator that's like, what it was get out of here what who is casting this show yeah it was very it, that, that was the most mind-boggling part of it but I, I i still wonder if they weren't just so like occupied by the makeup part that they were like forgetting all the other parts of a show well, that like, makes you it can't interesting be comfortable right like what makes people able to connect is like being themselves yeah. right like if you if you feel like you're really truly seen for like who you are like it, it feels like it would be almost impossible to set aside the fact that i had full makeup on even just from like even not not like oh you're not seeing who i really am because you can't see my face it's like you can't see who i really am because i'm so fucking uncomfortable yeah, yeah like, exactly. i am so uncomfortable wearing this none like, of my mannerisms are but so coming through a related point about that is did you did you guys pick up on how so the first guy won and i was like this person looks like a crazy person and then he was like this guy's so hot and then as it went on specifically to the guys because i i think it's because it's a makeup thing but like Every guy that won, I was like, or that was just revealed, I'm like, why does that guy look so crazy? And it was because they all had their makeup. Their eye makeup was not fully removed. Like, they looked like they were wearing, like, tons and tons of eyeliner. Huh. And I, th- I with the first guy, I'm like, that's a really bold personal choice. And then with everybody else after that, I was like, oh, it's not. It's just that they the production schedule seems to have required that they just immediately get their makeup off as much as they possibly can. And because of danger around the eyes, they like can't use makeup pads on the eyes as aggressively. And so they all have eyeliner. And with the ladies, it doesn't matter as much because you're like, Oh, I guess she just went for a bold eyeliner. But with the guys, I, don't know, I guess this is a comment on gender norms. Oh, it's, it's very noticeable. I didn't notice it even a little bit. Once you went, once you're keyed to it, check it out. Cause it's there for all of them. And it was distracting to me oh, only well, in that I, I mean, started thinking about production. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I had so many questions about production because they have the UK thing. Like why is it in the UK? And why then I was is like, it in the UK? when is it filmed? Cause so then I thought, did they go to the UK because the restrictions were eased earlier than they were in the US was my first thing. And then my second thing was, did they film this way before the pandemic and just shelve it? And then and then they were like, this show sucks. And then the pandemic happened. They were like, remember that show that we thought sucked? We got nothing else going on. Let's bring it back. We need it. Because there are yeah, no masks. Shit. We're out of shows. There what? There are no masks. Oh yeah, there's no masks. There's no like breathing masks. Yeah, I was like, Anthony, it's all masks. But I, yeah, I see what you say. Whatever <laughs> are you talking about, Anthony? They are all in masks. <laughs> right, the masks that we wear, you know, to varying degrees depending on our comfort level, etc., etc. But um, yes, yeah, like the let's do a podcast on mask wearing. 
You guys want to dive? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we let's, let's go a lot of ways. Is it or is it not American? Oh, man. oh boy. But I do think about, the other thing about the production is it definitely seemed to me that probably each episode was shot in two days. That that would be, or, I mean, yes. I wouldn't be shocked if it was even compressed into one day. Um, although that's, that's a lot true, of alcohol yeah. to consume in one day. But, but I think two days. But they're struggling guess. to consume it. I think they're spilling most of it. I mean, they're not. It, it was that had to be the best part of the show. 100% was watching people try to drink out of wine glasses and champagne flutes with like full prosthetic gear on. Yeah, it was. And like awkwardly spilling or trying to chug it all. Like once they do find a way in, they're like, okay, I'm going to keep drinking because I don't want to. Right. I can't figure this out twice. So I'm just going to hold it up and chugging. drink all of it. Yeah, I did but really like crackers, enjoy watching them They were eat. using like two hands, putting like one cracker into their mouth, trying to like fit it all in. That was classic. That was rock solid. Yeah. And I did like seeing people revealed just because that's always interesting, right? Like, oh, this is the first time you're going to see what this person really looks like. Yeah, that was and interesting too. Some of them too. were surprising. But it was, it was, it's a very fleeting interest. It's a cheap, that's like a cheap one, right? It's like, yeah, you get that one for free because of the concept of your thing, found myself being like okay here's a new episode i'm actually going to pay attention to this one and then they'd start talking and i was like no i can't do it and then they'd go on like an individual date and i was like maybe i should pay attention now because maybe an individual date will reveal more about their connection and then i couldn't keep going and then they'd be like and now we're going to see what our main man looks like and i'd watch that i'd be like oh cool and then a new episode would be <laughs> and i would go through that over and over and over again yeah i mean I think the one thing I liked, well, the the reveals were impressive just because often they looked so different from their makeup that I it just made me respect the makeup artists more. And I do agree that all the um all the contestants, especially all the women, were just, you know, very conventionally attractive. Um and um I mean, first of all, like it it did for for a show that claims to be about going beyond looks and superficiality, it is obsessed with looks, and mm-hmm, yeah. um, you know that every people are constantly speculating about it. The reveal is like heightened so much, and is so much about like, oh my god, I didn't realize she was so hot. I didn't realize he was so hot. Yeah, and they're all like, oh, I got, I won, or like, oh, glad I dodged that. Like, it's like exclusively the thing they care about in right. the end, right? Right. Although, except the thing that I found weirdly positive, even if it made it also very low stakes, is that no one ever said, oh, I dodged that bullet. This person is really ugly. Or like, oh, like, yeah, that's I'm true. bummed out. They were always super complimentary about other people's looks. Yeah. And in a way where I'm like, good for you. Like, you know, this is like very, a very supportive environment. Well, the show didn't really give them an opportunity to. Like, the show was like, everybody's going to be cute enough for everyone to be like, cool. Right. I would have loved to see that, to be honest. Like, that would have made the show so much more dynamic if someone was like, oh, that's the real you. Right. You know, like I would have enjoyed that. Someone had to feel that way, right? Like, at some point. Yeah, I think they did, and then they just kept it themselves in this one for whatever reason. Which I I sort of respect in terms of just, like, protecting the contestants and not having people, like, God, can you imagine feeling like you were the one, like, unattractive contestant on this show or something oh, like yeah. that? Yeah. Um, that would yeah, be... Remember that season where the, everybody thought they were, everybody was hot except for you? <laughs> yeah. God. But as TV, it made for 
it made it extremely formulaic where you're just like, yeah, yeah, I know this person's going to be very attractive. Or even if they're just pretty attractive, everyone's going to compliment them on their looks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that one, not for the podcast. We can get into that some other time if you want to do a private. Yeah, I agree. I'd love to do that. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like a, a great thing we should share with the world. Um, yeah, when we do a Patreon, we can come back to this. <laughs> yeah, pay to find out who we found on the track. Do, do you think that, because, I mean, one of the things that made it really easy for me to get through was the fact that we just cycled through contestants so quickly. So if I disliked someone or found them boring, I mean, ultimately I found them all boring, but some of them I found more boring Mm -hmm. than others. I knew that in 15 minutes we would be moving on to somebody else, but it also made it impossible for there to be any kind of extended narrative. Do you think that would have worked with this show? Or do you think that like the concept is so crazy that you couldn't do like, you know, multi-episode romance arcs with a dolphin? Yeah, I I think think you just need to... Go ahead, Daryl. Well, no, they had that castle and everything, and it was like this castle is cool, and it had. It seemed like they had all the components for that almost, but then they just like whiffed on it or whatever. Maybe they tried it and it didn't work, but it would be it would be a hell nightmare for the people involved in terms of waking up every day and getting into makeup and spending four hours in dank makeup or whatever, and then <laughs> spending four hours yeah. getting out of makeup later on. So. And by the time that they were ready to be revealed, all of their faces would be so broken out, especially all the dudes who aren't like used to caring that much on their face. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it would, it would have taken like fundamental structural change in order to make that happen. And they obviously like weren't prepared for it. But I think that what was like, what, becomes a byproduct like you were saying anthony of like not allowing the time for there to be an actual connection between the contestants means that there's no time for us as viewers to form a connection to any of them either and so like again it's just true of reality television you have to like care a little bit about one person like even if it's like the smallest little shred of like i might make a joke like that or like i'm also into that hobby and like just a touch of relatability to one single thing makes a world of difference when you're watching trash television because the rest of it becomes funny and you have this like person you're rooting for or whatever. And like, I just could not care less about any of those people at all. Like, and, and in fact, like actively disdain several of them. It, it felt like to me in a way, like a bit careful what you wish for situation. Cause before this, I would have told you that, yeah, like, I don't like in reality TV the sort of artificial heightening of stakes. I don't, you know, that this, you know, I, I would rather they were sort of just honest about the fact that this is just a ridiculous show they're putting on for our enjoyment. And in a lot of ways, that's what this show was. And it made it, again, perfectly pleasant viewing for me, but also just completely forgettable and, and not particularly compelling in any way. Yeah, they can't do a um, after the whatever, like a follow up on this. Like, what are they up to now? Because no one cares at all. Right. And I literally like the way that the show is produced and the speed with which they do these things. And the fact that every contestant is like, oh, what I really liked about you, Melissa, was like your body. (laughs) And you have a rocket body. And like what I liked about you was just that I appreciated your energy. It's like, okay, this is like a bunch of nothing word salad. But like. I could even envision, like, when they walk out of the tunnel together, like, the happy couple that is like, you're my husband. 
and they walk out of the tunnel together, I just imagine the producers being like, thanks, later, good luck. Like, (laughs) there's not even like, here's a gift card to go to Applebee's on your first date or anything. They're literally like, oh, and you'll probably never see each other again. Like, here's your one-way ticket back to Texas, and here's your (laughs) one-way ticket back to, like, Missouri. Like, bye, we don't give a shit if you end up together at all. Like, and neither do the contestants either, probably. They're like, uh, and what hashtag should I use as I go promote on social? You know, like, mm-hmm. it. I don't know. It just felt like it felt very clear to me that there's nothing happening after this show. Right, which some of the contestants basically admitted where they were like, oh, I got more of a friend vibe, but we can still go on a couple more dates, which I was like, well, that's what's happening in all of these situations at best. Right. Um, no one's committing to anything. Which, again, I intellectually respect, but, like, makes it feel so low stakes. Uh, did we have a favorite costume? Uh, I actually really like the panda one, because the panda one was one of the few that made me not horrified. De- like, I didn't have a deep, guttural, like, <laughs> disgust reaction to it. And that's basically... Same thing with the fox, but I couldn't stand that dude. So it was upsetting. Mm. Or the, the wolf or whatever. So that was like one where I was like, oh, you look like Fantastic Mr. Fox, but then you're a terrible person. Yeah. The zombie one was my least favorite one because I was like, why would you do this? I don't remember the zombie one, but I do remember the girl who, wasn't there one of the girls who dressed as a witch and she had like a lip that would like came up yeah. into her nose? That was dis- dis- settling. It did seem a little unfair to me that there was like this range from... Um, Costumes that were genuinely kind of cute, like like the panda, and then there were costumes that were um, just bizarre. Like I remember, there's a guy who like is like looks like a weird robot, I guess, but like with like a square yeah. head or something. And like then the Tin Man, yeah, the Tin Man. And then there are costumes that just make you look revol- revolting. And um, as much as they say it's about getting away from from appearances i i have to imagine that on at least a unconscious level if you're presented with like a cute panda versus like a horrifying zombie you're gonna choose the cute panda yeah well what if you're me and you're looking at it and you're like i can't even i'm disgusted i can't even look at this anymore right like no one reacted that way but i would have <laughs> if i was on the show yeah it's definitely a distraction yeah uh, do we have any final thoughts about Sexy Beasts? I'm surprised to be saying this, but I would just go ahead and say don't watch it yeah. like, if you haven't yet. I don't think that it's worth the time, to be honest. Like, not even as, like, a hate watch, not even as, like, a on in the background. Like, I just, I really, really hadn't have nothing good to say about it. If you do watch it, I would just skip ahead to the reveals. Yeah, like I would that. give this one a it's skip. Just, and, like Jordan said, maybe go to the reveals for fun, but, like, maybe find a find like a youtube compilation do you think somebody's done that yeah Yeah. oh that's interesting or just i would say that i think the the first and last episodes they're they're not good but they're probably the least annoying as far as the contestants go um like maybe just watch the first and last episode lower your expectations dramatically and then you know maybe you'll have an okay time i mean it, it is the makeup is very impressive. Go for the makeup, not for anything else. Makeup is super impressive. That's fair. And it's good to watch it live as opposed to pictures. Like that is extra. Special impressive. effects makeup artist or something. You might enjoy this. Yeah. That would be 
All right, well, if you have watched Sexy Beasts and you have thoughts about it or thoughts about our review, you can email us, info at originalcontentpodcast.com. That's info at originalcontentpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at originalcontent. And, of course, it really helps us if you subscribe and leave us a positive review in Apple Podcasts or the podcast listener of your choice. Thank you so much for listening. Jordan and Daryl, I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Now you're